welcome to season two, episode 21 of the Amplified Marriage Podcast. Today, it is Canadian Thanksgiving. We are talking about gratitude and how gratitude is the best attitude. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. I'm Brian. I'm Natalie. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we always say this. Have a coffee, have some tea, some Red Bulls, sit down, listen, where you're working out, where you're going for a run, whatever you're doing. We are so glad that you were able to join us today as we listened and we had this amazing chat. That's right. And so in case you missed our last episode, we're in this Enneagram series and our last episode talked about the number six on the Enneagram. And for those of you who might just be tuning in, there are nine numbers on the Enneagram. So we've gone through number eight. And then last episode, we went through number six, the loyalist, which is my number. Absolutely. So I encourage you to go listen to that. Kind of get a little more in depth as to who Brian and I are. (laughs) I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but it's a lot of fun anyways. Well, it's definitely helped out our marriage. It sure has. (laughs) So today we are talking about... Being grateful, an attitude of gratitude. That's right. I think it's so important. Well, today is our Canadian Thanksgiving. So um, what better way to kind of celebrate that than talking about gratitude and thankfulness, how that looks and how sometimes it might, the reality of what that might look like. Right. With ingratitude. And how to actually respond to each other when sometimes realistically, if you've been in a relationship for any length of time, you really don't always feel like being grateful or offering thankfulness or no. having, and, and sometimes it's really easy for the, the heart of ingratitude to really be the thing that is put out the most. That's right. Um, and to, to really not be thankful for all that your spouse does or all that your boyfriend or girlfriend or your fiance or it's yeah, really, it's, it's a hard thing to, to maintain that thankfulness, especially when you feel like you've been ripped off in some cases. Right. Or your partner has pulled like a Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And they're seemingly not the person that you fell in love with. Which right? is... Which yeah. was our situation anyways. Yeah, you turned out to be such a Jekyll. <laughs> We're going to start off Did with- you notice, all of you, that she didn't deny it? <laughs> if you've been listening to us long enough, uh, you know that I'm the Jekyll. <laughs> and I hid? I don't know. <laughs> oh my... God. Yeah, I, that was... Moving Ugh. on, moving on. All right, Romans twelve ten says, love one another with brotherly affection. This part here, though, outdo one another in showing honor. Right. So we want to lay down just this, this uh, the definition or a version of the definition of ingratitude. And it really means the absence of words and or recognition uh, for what someone has done. Yep. Now, in any relationship, and that's the... In our relationship, mm-hmm. there's been long periods. Now, it's not it's not as prevalent a, a now as it was then. Right. Um, because it's something that we had to learn and we've had to practice. But there was times where we just were not at all very good at being thankful for what the other's doing. Now, no. No. When, we when we were preparing for this, we were talking about those times that I came home. Do you want to kind of just lean into that a little bit? Well, I think there can be an expectation of our spouses or partners of when we're when we're coming home and for those who have listened long enough I mean you Brian has said numerous times that he really appreciates 
like a home cooked meal when he comes home from work. And so because he loves that and he works very hard, I try to make sure that there's dinner ready for him. Now, does that happen all the time? No. So I think this is the one that you're wanting me to talk about. Yeah. So I think in our early years, there was an expectation of how things should be mm-hmm. when you came home. And for those that are longtime listeners, Brian's expressed in several podcasts that his his desire, his he loves to have a home-cooked meal when he gets off of work. Oh, I love your home-cooked meal. And so... There were times, I mean, we've got older kids now, but when they were younger, it didn't always go like that. And so right. there was this almost preconceived notion. And there's times where I had like just a horrible day or I got bad news, which then just kind of derailed. I had all these like ambitious plans to, you know, surprise you and to make sure everything was ready so that you and I could sit down. I didn't have any other housework to do after that. We could just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And then you'd come home and there were toys all over the place. The laundry wasn't done. Dinner certainly wasn't done. Um, and it would set you in such a foul mood. For a long time it did. Because uh, there was just expectation that it would be done. And then what happens is, is we had to work that out because that was just an expectation that it was communicated, but it wasn't always executed (laughs) well executed but not just that like it was a communicated expectation but it wasn't something for some reason i was just was flexible on not because i was like you're gonna be at home and you're gonna cook me food no it wasn't like that at all it wasn't where you were like a tyrant and i expect like i'm out making the money and i expect (laughs) you to have although i have said that in jest and then there was swift retribution for my comments right because that's not gonna i'm not gonna put up with that yeah so So i and so i would come home and it wasn't made for the longest time because we weren't healthy. I oh. was a, a, an unhealthy husband. She was an unhealthy wife. And we were responding in such a way that was just constantly unhealthy, That's no right. matter what we did. And so they, even though it was a communicated expectation, and she and on 90% listeners, she always nailed it. Like there was this, this majority of the time the precedent was set. She would make dinner. I'd have something. I was never like a really big concern. But then that one or two times a month or once every couple of weeks that it would happen, for some reason, I couldn't switch off. And I realized that I had started this cycle of ungratefulness and taking her for granted in all that she did. Now, if you have, <laughs> yeah. right, and, yeah. and if you know, if you have, uh, if you're married or just have small children in your house, you know how hard it is sometimes mm-hmm. when small kids, when you have small children to get things done around the house. Yep. And when you have, even at the time, it was just me. Natalie, Rainin, and he was small. Yeah. But all of a sudden, there's extra laundry. They're puking on stuff, and they're making things dirty, and things are happening, and the house is not clean. Yeah. Making lunches that, you know, take 25 minutes to make because he's, uh, like, off running around. He was a really busy young kid. And then you add another one onto the, mm-hmm. into the mix. Now there's more laundry. There's more food. There's more things going on. Yeah. And it's, it's just chaos. It's a vicious cycle. So you would come home and then be completely obsessed i guess with the fact that you it I wasn't done, done. And it was almost you felt disrespected yeah i felt disrespected which is completely uh the it was such a weird way to, and when i think back 
when I think back to it, it's such a weird way to, to process that one. I mm-hmm. wasn't disrespected at all because she respected me, you know, within the reasons and the, the space that I had given her to respect me as much as possible. But right. the, the cycle had turned into just ungratefulness. I just showed ingratitude and it wasn't exactly. just there. Yep. Like then it started to permeate into other things. Well, you didn't do this when you said you were like you were going to pay this bill, but you didn't. Yeah. And it's not, and it would be literally, she paid it the next day, but not on the day that, that she said she was. Right. And so ungratefulness and just that lack of gratitude just continued to this cycle. Yeah. And all it did was create distance more and more between Natalie and I. That's right. And then I was ungrateful for you. And I'm like, who does he think he is? Right. Like, doesn't he know what kind of day I had? Right. And, and here's the other part of that conversation we were having just before we, we recorded was you're like, how would I would come home? Dinner wouldn't be ready. And I wouldn't know the type of day that you had. Like there was no, I didn't, ha- I didn't know. You hadn't told me. I had a chance to talk to you on the phone that day. Um, like we usually talk a couple times a day. That's right. just how our relationship has always been. That's just the type of people we are, I guess. But she didn't, I didn't come in the door and she didn't say, hey, this is what happened. This is why things didn't, gun, didn't get done. And so instead of that communication at the end of the day, at some point in the relationship early on, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. I, I wouldn't have cared. But then I realized I'm being a jerk. Um, after she told me so, and, and not necessarily in so many words, but then in the words, you're being a jerk. Right. So let me paint a picture of, okay, so that cycle that we're in about, we'll use dinner as an example. You fill in the blanks for your relationship. Right. But, okay, so because um, the response wasn't, Ideal. Now, I might not have communicated that, but I was in the mindset of like, why should I communicate what kind of a day I had? Duh, he should know. We've got little kids. Stuff's not going to get done. Right. Do you know what I mean? That was my mindset. Yeah. I was like, why? Oh, he thinks I'm going to cook him dinner after he treated me like that? Right. This was the internal dialogue. And I probably said this out loud to myself. Oh, he's got another thing coming. <laughs> like, we'll see how he responds tomorrow when I purpose myself now. Not to do it. Not to do it. Just to make him mad. Because now I'm going to try and prove a point. Right? Thanks. Thanks for that. But one <laughs> of the things, and this was really hard to learn in my marriage, was that I'm called to be generous with my time, with my resources, with making a meal, regardless of the response. Well, and I think something that it's it was so is a tough pill to swallow. Well, and I think it's a, it's one of those things you mentally know that you're supposed to be generous. You mentally know you're supposed to give and not be se- uh, not be selfish. You gen you you know you're supposed to to love, and you know you're supposed to show affection. You know right. you're supposed to honor. But when you're now, when you're you're married and you're faced with that every day, it becomes a, a heavier cross to bear mm-hmm. when you have to get up every day and choose to love that person yes. regardless of their flaws and their yep. faults. It was, it took years, honestly, <laughs> if, we're, if we're being honest, it yeah. took years to get to a place where regardless of, I had to position myself to be that person. Yeah. Without, I'm going to, I had to put aside this thought that I will only extend gratefulness and only extend thankfulness. If I did it first. Yes. And I had to put, I had to put my my big girl pants on (laughs) and, and choose to be that person that extended that even if it wasn't reciprocated in the way I wanted it. Right. 
because it, it for many years and if you are listening to this and you're in that cycle you could be in this cycle forever unless one of you chooses to just change your stars change the direction of your relationship change the direction of your marriage change your focus change your focus fix your focus on something else like we're we're me and Natalie and I are, are believers we're Christians and we believe that um, as Christ followers, we have a model and Jesus has modeled what it means to be someone who is loving and caring and honoring. And so that's right. the model that we're going to follow. And when we don't reach that model, it's not like Jesus is banging down our doors and be no. like, Hey, you're a failure and you're all the me dying on the cross doesn't mean anything to you anymore. That's not what it is. If he can extend grace for the things that I've done and mercy mm-hmm. and forgiveness for the things I've done, then I have the strength and the mercy to be able to extend those towards my spouse. That's right. And literally that is the thought process that transformed our marriage. Absolutely. Because we were not functioning in a way that was remotely healthy. No. And the circle and Natalie was actually one that broke the cycle. Now we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, there's something practically that we're going to offer up just that it was super helpful for our relationship. We want to break yeah. that down for you um, at the end, but we just want to kind of just talk about a few, a few things that can kind of get in our way when it comes to developing and being grateful, but developing a heart of ingratitude, right? And moving towards that place of of why we get to being ungrateful. uh, ungrateful, Right. Right. What is standing in our way? What attitudes might we possess that really can kind of be that wedge? Right. And when the very first one that we want to talk about is entitlement. We have this odd attitude of entitlement. Now, when you're married, there is, you know, the Bible even says to become one, um, a threefold cord might not be broken right? and we become one flesh. So there is this attitude of oneness, but there also doesn't come with that an attitude of entitlement um, that says, I'm going to do things and be a certain way and do all of these things and you're going to do them for me because I'm entitled to that. Yeah, you right? owe me. You you owe me, even though you just and the attitude. There's no even though. There's no why. There's just you owe me. Yeah, that's the attitude of entitlement. There doesn't need to be a why. We see it in our culture constantly. Mm-hmm. We see it with in our jobs, in our jobs, in our the way we exist. We see it in our churches and in, in everything. We yeah. see this attitude of entitlement. And here's the truth. And I even when I preached on Sunday, I said this. This said the world doesn't owe you anything, and your spouse they don't owe you anything. What you owe them is everything that you have. Everything that you are, because that's the covenant that you made between you and your spouse. Right. Don't hold things back. Because they may be holding something back from you. That's right. And that was that whole thing of be the be the change. That like you, you want. You can be the change. Right. You can shift your focus off of yourself. Right. And it's hard, guys. It's so hard <laughs> to shift because I want to be right. I yeah. don't want to have to be the one that's like, maybe I'm the problem. Right. And right? and the best way to start having uh, change in your relationship is if you're willing to say, well, hey, what's my part in this? And yes. you've heard us say this all the time. Be accountable. Take responsibility for your side of the actions. That's right. We have watched and coached couples um, where even just one side of it, him or her, That's right. has said, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. I'm going to start making a change and start loving my spouse yeah. the way I'm supposed to. Yeah. And it honestly... Honestly, 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 it doesn't take long before the other 
half of this Mm -hmm. starts to see something and feel something different in the relationship that actually helps turn that upended ship right back on its proper side. And all of a sudden they start moving forward together. That's right. And if, if we're going to stay on this whole thing of like uh, the cooking of the meals, just so that it's kind of cohesive and people can understand it's something easy. You had an entitled attitude. Oh, hundred percent of I work outside the home all day. Not that you, um, I didn't lord belittled. that over you. No, you no. didn't. You never lorded over me. But that, there was that attitude. Was, it was ingrained right? in me that I work outside of the home all day, and I'm expecting a home cooked meal. Yeah. Now, yes, I um, did everything I could to just kind of like stab you with my words and whatever. Of like, you what? think you think you're going to treat me like a doormat? Heck no. Um, and no one should treat anybody like a doormat. Uh, This is just how, how quickly that can, um, come in. I had to shift my focus of like, okay, he might have this ungrateful attitude when things don't get done. But if, if we're doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and expecting a different result, that's insanity. Right. So clearly he's not going to be the bigger person in this situation. So what can I do? And at first, honestly, it probably was, my motivation was probably really selfish. Um, (laughs) Like if we're being, uh, I am being honest, it was selfish, but I was like, I'm going to shift my focus. And if, and if being at home, raising my kids, which is a huge um, calling on our lives, then Lord, you're going to need to help me to serve a meal to my husband Mm -hmm. out of a spirit of gratefulness for him, regardless if he doesn't see it or um, express gratitude or anything like that. And it became something for me. It wasn't about you. Right? The shift happened for me. So what you're saying is, is once the shift happened and you realized it wasn't, it, it started out a selfish role. Yeah, it, it was about... Yeah, so... It was about me. So what you realized is that serving and loving another... Right. ...is not about how they feel about it. It's about what you're doing for you. That's and that right. you're doing the right thing. You're doing the honorable thing. Exactly. Because you took responsibility for your actions and situations, even though I didn't give you a whole lot to work with a lot of no. the times. That's <laughs> like, true, right? right? And I honestly could not have done it had I not... Um, heard the Lord speak to me about this is what I've created you to do. This is your job right now. Right. You're a mom. Yeah. You're a wife. At this, like that's, there's no greater calling. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had to kind of get off my own pedestal of being ungrateful like deep down of the fact that I was at home mm-hmm. because I, I gave up my career and all of that. And I don't regret giving it up, but there was a, there was a process I had to go through where I wasn't resentful at the fact of I had to be at home. Yeah. So I embraced my role as a wife and a mom and it became about serving out of that place Right. of like, Lord, this is what you've called me to do. And because you've called me to do that, you've equipped me with the necessary skills and abilities to, to execute this well. Yeah. And it's not even about 
my spouse. It's about what am I doing that's bringing you glory? What am I doing in my day that's bringing God glory? Well, if he's called me to be in this place right now, then everything I do, if I'm mopping the floors, if I'm whatever, it's for his glory. Right. It had nothing to do with you. And I really had to separate that even from, though from getting validation from you because at the end of the day, it didn't matter. I was pleasing God. Yeah, right. And he, even though it had nothing to do with me ultimately, it benefited our relationship immensely. Oh, and that's when things changed. Hugely. Right. So that's that's really good way, the way that you put that. The next thing is um, something that kind of gets in the way of gratitude is pain and pain. Yeah. Is that we were hurt people. And when you've heard, all heard that statement, hurt people hurt people. Now, I know you don't like that one specifically for the reason that you know lots of people that were hurting or are hurting that are still generous with people or good. What right. I mean by that, and I just want to clarify, is hurt people hurt people. Hurt people that are living in their bitterness, that are living in their anger, they're living in their frustration, living in their, in their entitlement, living in this place where that's all they have, that's all they know, and they're doing nothing to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Those types of people hurt other people. Yes, they do. And so you can't see anything that's good when you're, when you're just, your lens for your relationship mm-hmm. is the pain that you have. That's right. And I would caution using that as a crutch right? for not changing. Right. Right. And I think that's my issue with that statement is there are plenty of people that have had broken, horrific tragedies and trauma that they've walked through mm-hmm. that are still seeing the good in other people. They don't go out murdering people just because they grew up in a, in a household that was toxic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How just because you are hurt does not give you the right give you the right to then be hurtful to other people. You can change that cycle. Yeah. And that's what we're saying is that you can change the cycle in your relationship. If you choose this is where you want to go, however the relationship yeah. ends. You're responsible for what you say and what you do. Absolutely. And that's what we were getting to. Now, unforgiveness is one of those things also that gets in the way. Unforgiveness is draining. We also have experienced tremendous amount of unforgiveness in our relationship. Yep. We did not forgive each other for so many things for so many years. It's much like uh, offense. And I said that mm-hmm. you've maybe you've heard this say, say before is it's much like offense. Unforgiveness and offense very much have the same type of attitude. You gather people around you to, right. to, to, to ally, to ally yourself so you can, un- you're not going to forgive them. You're going to be offended with other people, but it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Exactly. Right. And so you get all unforgiveness unfor- in your heart. You don't forgive your spouse. You don't forgive that other person across from you and it eats you alive from the inside out. And again, that becomes a lens in which you see your spouse. That's right. And and, and forgiveness right. is for you. Yeah. Forgiveness is what sets you free from whatever has happened. It's not about the other person. Because if you're in a state of unfor- like when I was in a state of unforgiveness towards you, you were still sleeping so soundly at night. It used to make me so mad because <laughs> I was the one up. I was the one in turmoil. Right. You weren't, no. or seemingly anyways. And how often is that when other when we're walking in a spirit of unforgiveness towards someone else, chances are that person has no idea. Right. They're not losing sleep over it. But you sure are. We are, yeah. right? Or I am. Yeah. So unforgiveness is for me, or um, extending forgiveness to my spouse, to my husband, that's for me so that these roots of bitterness and offense and ungratefulness and resentment don't take root and grow. That's right. It's to set me free. Absolutely. And so there are some... Whether or not I think you deserve it. (laughs) 
Well, unforgiveness really has nothing to do whether or not I deserve it or or not. Uh, And that's that's the trick about forgiveness Mm -hmm. is when you forgive someone, you're forgiving them because it's good for you, not necessarily good for them. That's right. It doesn't eliminate. It releases you. It gives you freedom and brings you healing and life and joy. Yeah. It certainly doesn't sweep the issues under the no road. you're you're letting it go yeah. and forgive you heard of say this before forgive does not mean forget no there is that is the dumbest forgive and forget no oh, oh. forgive and forget is the stupidest thing anyone can possibly do right. like someone brought up to me one time she was like if you knew that a babysitter that you hired molested one of your kids mm-hmm. you forgave them are you just going to forget what they did and let them babysit again heck no right like forgive and forget is the dumbest thing ever please don't don't speak that to people you need to forgive and forget no it's you need to forgive them because we believe and we've had to experience this with our own family members and things that we've had to walk through in life that yeah. have, we've had to forgive for but we don't forget no and, it doesn't mean you and there are boundaries and there are boundaries and you have to set up boundaries yes. and you have to rebuild trust and, and you have to so and forgiveness <laughs> it's not an overnight thing at times nope and there are times like i know of specific instances in my own life where it has taken me seven years right to come to that place where I could fully forgive the situation yep. and the person that was responsible yeah, for absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But, uh, so please hear us. Yeah. And so here, here's the interesting thing, though. If you go to this place and you decide that you want to live this life of being grateful, of being forgiving, honoring the spouse, and doing the best that you can to change. Now, there's some actual scientific benefits. benefits. Okay, so we started with all the doom and gloom. Yep, now we're going to leave you with some benefits and some, some one practical some thing we want you to practice this coming week, in this coming two weeks. The good things about being... Good things, but here's some good things about benefits of being thankful and having a, an attitude of gratefulness. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it actually changes the molecular structure of your brain. It literally rewires it and changes the neural pathways to change things into a positive aspect. Well, that's incredible because like the word says to take your thoughts captive. Right. So if it can start with something as simple as just being thankful, mm-hmm. Right. Or just being grateful for the things that you have, that that can be that very thing that rewires your brain. Right. I mean, this isn't um, unattainable. Right. Like it's, it's something, something that we, so can, simple. we can all do. Yes. Absolutely. So it increases uh, gray matter, which this helps with all of our cognitive functioning. So when we're in a better state and we have a better space and we have an attitude of gratefulness, we actually cognitively are sharper. We That's have, right, right, which we could all use. <laughs> it's like when we eat properly. If we eat properly, yeah, we're sharper. That's right. Right? So it boosts the neurotransmitter as serotonin and stimulates the brainstem to produce dopamine, right. which is the happy drug. That's when right. We have dopamine. We're feeling good. It's a, Dopamine is the same shot of dopamine happens whenever we receive a text message. We get that little bing. Ooh, someone loves me. And then we right. get the, and the, so we're all, we get all happy when we get a text message. It helps us release toxic emotions and it helps us to manage stress. So if we're living a life of stress and anxiety, perhaps this is suggesting turning on that attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness could be the very thing that switches that around. Right. It also lowers our blood pressure. 
Being grateful lowers our blood pressure. Do you know what being grateful also does? It lets you see the silver lining in every situation instead of the only the bad things and everything. That's right. And it lowers your cortisol levels. Right. So, which means that you can also get a better amount of sleep yes. because now you're being grateful and you're not letting the doom and gloom be the thing that drives your every decision. Right. Being thankful and living a life of thankfulness motivates us to take better care of ourselves. So, we can exercise better we can eat healthy i wish i could say i could successfully with an attitude of gratitude but have we tried that be a better exerciser and eat better i don't know if we've actually tried that maybe that can be part of our challenge (laughs) but it strengthens our immune system because it's stressful on our body to always be the negative nancy yeah, when we're bitter and we're negative and we're grumpy and we're cynical, it's not healthy. <laughs> it takes more work. Yeah. Right? It takes more huh, it takes more energy and more muscle to frown yeah, than it does, does to, to smile, smile right? right? So It's a natural antidepressant and helps with relieving of pain. Being ooh, gratitude. Being grateful. Being being gr- being gratitude. Being grateful is what I meant. That's right. And so maybe it's time to start a grateful journal or to document the things in your life that you're thankful for. Can you uh, talk about, well, the challenge? Let's talk about the challenge. I really want to get to the challenge. Okay. So one of the things early on, or not early on, we've been married for 20 years. So this Ooh. is year... Mm, I think it was like 10 or 11. So um, it took a long time. Okay. I was going to say, I'm the one that usually forgets how long we've been married for. Um, but yeah. So I was challenged in my own self about how to um, respect you, how to respect my spouse. And I came across an article And the article gave like a bunch of suggestions of like ways that you could um, reach your spouse or I forget what the actual title of the article was, but one of the ways that they suggested was creating a thankful text or a thankful note to your spouse. And so... I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like (laughs) nothing we've done so far, nothing I've tried so far has worked. How can I be so sure that this is going to work? So I'm like, well, what could, what harm could it do? Um, Because remember, it's not about my spouse. It's about me healing and becoming a better whole person. So I took the challenge. I'm like, well, we'll see. It honestly, guys, it took me two months to think of something that I was thankful for. Other than like, oh, you've got great hair or you've got, you know, blue eyes. Um, you have good I really, skin. I really wanted to go deep into his character because I'm like, two hey, months. Lord, man, I really months. didn't give you much to work with, eh? Like, it was a bad period of time in our relationship. It was really, really Because hard. let's face it, I'm pretty awesome. So well, there should have been. You are. What? Right. <laughs> you married me for a reason. They were just hidden, hidden qualities. But they were hidden. And I was like, hey, I fell in love with this guy enough to marry him. Clearly, there is something there. And I was like, Lord, you really got to help me think deeper i wanted really characters characteristics of you that i fell in love with so for me it took two months maybe you'll be able to think of something right off the fly but our challenge is think of one thing that you are thankful for your spouse or your partner for whatever they're in um and express your gratitude without 
expecting a response of, well, oh, now that you've said that to me, well, this is something I'm thankful for about you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just With, without expecting a response in return. Or return, you're just being grateful because your your spouse is awesome and that's what you want to do. And so you we want you to take one thing for the next 14 days and text them, write them a little note, leave it on their pillow, do something on their, uh, just let them know that you're grateful for just one thing. That's right. It could be, I'm grateful for how hard you work. Right. I'm grateful for your great head of hair. Right. And, and it could be that it could be, um, physically speaking, but just we, to get the ball. Right. Rolling. But we want to challenge you to go deep mm-hmm. into the reasons that you married them. Now, if you may married them because their hair was great, that's cool. That's only one day. But there has to be other reasons why you married them because they love other people, because they right. love you. They were graceful. They had mercy. They were, yeah. they were have a great sense of humor. They had really dark sense of humor. Like, yeah. why did you fall in love for your, with your, for your spouse? Why do you love them? And then text them once a day or message them once a day yeah. or leave a note once a day and just let them know how, how grateful you are for them. That's right. So we're very excited. And we, what we'd like you to do with that is we'd also like you to send us an email if you get an exciting response and just something to say, hey, this actually is something that we're going to implement, we're going to do. Just let us know. We want to hear testimonies of how it went when you did this with your spouse, with your partner, with your boyfriend, or with your girlfriend. We just want to know about how it went with your spouse and just be excited for you so we can be excited with you to let us we're know. We're cheering you on. We are supporting you and everything. So you can let on us know on Instagram. You can let us know on Facebook. And, you know, if you really are enjoying this podcast, we it just means us so much to us when you actually share it, let yep. people know about it. Email and again, us. email us. You can email us at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. If you have any questions or a topic you want to discuss, that's also where you can let us know how this challenge went mm-hmm. this last week. And as you have heard us say many times before, we believe that marriage can be reset, refreshed, recharged, and restored. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.